is Music Station. Healing society through the music. You are locked into the award-winning Mental Speak Radio Show on the Fishbowl Radio Network. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to the Fishbowl Network family, the Music Speak family. Shout out to everybody around the globe. We are broadcasting live from FBRN.US Fishbowl Radio Network in Arlington, Texas. I'm your host, Latanya Davison. So happy to be with you today. It's crazy out there, y'all. It's crazy, but we're going to make some sense of the chaos today. We are going to bring some peace some some groundedness to uh, everything going on over here in the states and around the world. Um, I hope wherever you are, uh, you know it's not it's not too crazy, not too insane with with all this going on. I'm not even gonna mention I'm not even gonna mention yet uh, what's going on because I want us to focus on a higher frequency, uh, a higher level of information. Right now, we are going to tune in and discuss. A, a legendary group. I, it, this word is not, uh, it, it's almost an understatement to say legendary and dynamic. If, if there were a greater word, we'd use it. But we are going to honor and celebrate today uh, who, who I consider, most of you consider to be elders uh, and, and pioneers uh, of music. I'm, I'm throwing this out here because, uh, you know, there's a lot of fear going on in the world right now. And we need to be able to overcome that fear. And one of the ways that helps us get there, number one, comedy. You guys know I do stand-up comedy. Uh, but music. Music is, is, is healing. It's, uh, it's, it's restorative. Uh, you know, our elders told us, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Frankie Beverly, Lionel Richie, all the, all the elders have told us that we would be able to remember that everything would be okay if we just remember the music. And we have to be able to come to a place knowing that anything that's that's rooted in fear is is not of us. And so I just I just want to put that out here before we get into today's interview, because you guys are going to realize how much if you look back, how much music has grounded you over the years. And this gentleman who is representing this group today uh, it's going to remind you how <laughs> how wonderful life was at this time. Uh, and and that that group is full force, full force. And today we have live with us Brother Bowlegged Lou. <laughs> <laughs> I like Lucian. Nobody, nobody ever says a full name Lucian anymore. But I know. But they, they, yeah, they you saw that on the show. But it's OK. Yeah. My full name is Lucian George. That's my my birth name. It's a it's a French name actually, but I was born in St. Thomas, Virgin Islands, and um, Lucian George. But my nickname, of course, is Bowlegged Lou. Everybody calls me Lou, and um, I'm just happy and you know I'm very honored to be here on mental. This is Mental Speak Radio, this correct? Is mental Speak Radio, and you're on our. You guys are the first Music Speak segment. I I created a segment specifically for the artists uh, so that we could. Pay homage, pay homage. Yeah, thank so you. thank I you, that. And, I, and I and I thank you, and I appreciate you. And we definitely have to shout out uh, our girl uh, Marie 
uh, Palmer for putting this together for us and, and finally connecting us. Um, I think it's very synchronistic because you guys just did uh, an interview last week. And um, I read, I, I go straight to the comments anytime I go to a video, Lou, and people... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, Latanya, who's, who's Amari? Who's that? Amari Palmer. She's our friend who put this I know, I'm just messing with you. I'm messing this dude, with you. See, <laughs> I you wanna, got this I want to give out a, a personal, I want to give out an extra personal shout out to Amari. We've been friends for so many years. And when she reached out to me to, uh, to tell me about you guys, you know, I, she didn't even have to do so much selling or anything like that because we've been friends for so, so, so many years. Yeah, so I want to yeah. give her a shout out as well. Okay. She's yeah. just, nothing but high. High, high compliments and high praises to you guys as well that she gave. Thank you. It's so all good. Yeah, yeah. No, and 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 the reason you know, and I told her, I said, look, these these gentlemen. I mean, you guys, you haven't left the scene. You you didn't go anywhere. I think that the right. people have just forgotten just how much you've contributed uh, uh, to music. Do you agree? You guys, you guys didn't go anywhere, right? You guys are even still in the no, studio. no. We're, yeah. st we're still doing our thing, and um, like like you saw us on the show last week, which um, was rave reviews. And sometimes we we lose fact of so many people that we wrote and produced for, and then we didn't even talk about full force the group we we write and produce for ourselves. So we're still doing our things. We got some um, some new things that's coming out that we'll you know we could expound upon as well. So. The six of us are still doing the thing, you know, all for one and all for one and one for all. So, for sure, you know, it's all good. For sure, bow-legged Lou, Paul Anthony, Be Fine, the George Brothers. We got the cousins, Baby Jerry, Kurt TT, and Jr. Shy Shy. Uh, the six members of the the production crew. You guys are production crew and band, so we we really got to highlight mm -hmm. that fact. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin. I knew where I wanted to begin, but it's just such a, um, again, you guys are so dynamic. Let me just, let me go down that list that you forgot real quick. So uh, producers for artists such as Rihanna, Justin Timberlake, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Lil' Kim, Backstreet Boys, Black Eyed so Peas. Hold wait, on. Wait, where are we going? Come on. Let me. Let me do it because I you got a it. list here. It's going to be even more than you. And it's going Come to take on. less than 60 seconds. You ready? Here you go. Okay. Rihanna, Black Eyed Peas with Fergie, Faith Evans, Sheila E., Gerald LeBert, 3LW, Black, Shanice, Hall & Oates, Jasmine Guy, Raphael Sadiq, Fat Joe, Anastasia, The Barrio Boys, Method Man, Big Daddy Kane, Genuine, The Brat, Montel Jordan, Raekwon, Silk the Shocker, Scarface, Product GNB, Ashanti, Soleil, Allure, Kevon Edmonds, Regina Bell, The Weather Girls, Melissa Morgan, Philip Bailey of Earth, Wind & Fire, CeCe Penniston, Tevin Campbell, Howard Hewitt, Little G of Silk, Slim Up 112, RL of Next, Steve Russell of Troop, Fawesome D's, Flavor Flav, Freedom Williams of CNC Music Factory, and of course, UTFO, Lisa Lee Sin Coach Jam, The Real Roxanne with Hitman Howie T, Cheryl Pepsi Riley, Ex-Girlfriend, Curtis Blow, Selena, Little Kim, Bob Dylan, James Brown, Patti LaBelle, Samantha Fox, Nicki Minaj, Becky G, The Hood Stars, Backstreet Boys, Justin Timberlake and NSYNC, LFO, Britney Spears, and a partridge in a pear tree. That's it? That's it? The, just those people? And well, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot Monifa. Monifa, we work with Monifa, and as well as 
Lala. Now, Lala is a young lady that wrote uh, Whitney Houston's very first record, which was a smash called You Give Good Love. And Lala is a singer, songwriter, producer, and we worked on her debut album for Arista Records uh, back in the day as well. Lou, you are also a part of Prince's unreleased vault. You correct? Are you not also a part of uh with the uh, Mate? Correct? You guys worked with uh Princess. Oh damn, I forgot. Come about on. My, her name is Mike Mate. That's and right, Mate. Yes, yeah. It, yeah, we wrote and produced on Mate as well. Yeah, um some music. I think it's still in the vaults actually. I don't know if it was ever released. I believe y'all are still in the vault. That that's pretty you could that in and of itself. Wow. You you're locked up in Princess that. Vault. Yeah. Just just a couple people they've produced for y'all. Just just a couple folks. <laughs> um, but this and the reason that again, you know, people wonder why. You know, why do we um, why do we find ourselves uh, appreciating uh, those who work in the music industry and that produce music? And and again, I go back to the metaphysical where it's you know human beings have needed music like I said, to get grounded, to, you know, to understand the reality, to understand the highs and the lows of living. What have you learned about the craft, the art, the the thing that is music in, in doing all of this work and writing for all these different artists? Well, we just learned, well, I, well, we're just blessed that it's, like you said, it's six members of Full Force. So it's six different minds, six different heads, and um, like we always say, we split everything six ways from even to this today. The publishing checks for so many songs that we've written, uh, you know, they still keep us fed and keep us alive. And, um, you know, that's something that I remember back in the day when Full Force was starting out. Um, I didn't really, you know, I just wanted to focus on Full Force to group. But because uh, um, my father, my father, Lucian George Sr. and my uncle Cito, they're the ones that formed the three of us, me and my two brothers, Paul Anthony and B-Fine, as a singing group from when we were so little and so young, and we used to perform at the Apollo Theater and everything like that. Then when we got with our cousins, Baby Jerry, Shy Shy, and Kurt T.T., that's when we formed Full Force, and we was performing in the neighborhood of Brooklyn, East Flatbush, all this time. And, um, And what happened is that we would write songs, thanks to Steve Salem, who used to go to college with me. Steve Salem was our former co-manager, may he rest in peace. And it's because of him, being that we kept getting refused, we would hand in our songs and tapes to many labels and with no luck. And then Steve Salem said to us, he said, listen, I think you guys should write and produce for other people. Then I'm sure something's going to happen when you do that, and then you guys will get a record deal of your own. Those were his words. I didn't really care about it because I just wanted us to concentrate on full force. Thank God I was voted out. And he was right. So our first production, of course, was UTFO with Roxanne Roxanne. And we produced all their rap albums of all their songs, which was five different rap albums. And then Lisa Lisa and Toe Jam took us on a whole nother level. And even before that, we used to do some songs with Curtis Blow before before we got well known. And the biggest one was called Basketball that we co-wrote and performed on. So with all of that, even though we split everything six ways, Two people might write a song, like say my brother B Fine. It was his brainchild to do I Wonder If I Take You Home. That hook, that classic hook, he made that up along with Kurt TT, our cousin. They both worked on that together right from the beginning. Because it starts out in the beginning 
with one or two people, then three people, then all of us come together. But Paul Anthony, he's responsible for All Cried Out. And I always tell Paul, those are, to me, some of the best lyrics I've ever, you know, seen written for a song yeah. ever. And the way he got to do that song was, um, you know, a young lady friend of his was upset and her, her man was cheating on her and everything like that. And, and she just complained to my brother Paul. Her name is Pam Smith. And she said, Paul, I'm just all cried out. <laughs> and that's how Paul got the idea to write All Cried Out. And um, I, of course, wrote Thanks for My Child. And uh, Baby Jerry did All I Have to Give by the uh, Backstreet Boys. But what happened is that even if one or two people write the song, it'll always say written and produced by Full Force. And we, six of us, that's a lot of, lot of brothers, but yeah. we still go ahead and, and all for one and one for all. And it just taught me that sharing and being versatile with the musical landscapes, that's why we're able to have so much diverse music in our catalog because there's six minds and six heads, but it's still full force. How did you guys maintain that harmony through, you know, through, I'm, I'm sure through the ups and downs and, and different times where you guys didn't agree? And, and of course, when money comes into a situation, how did you guys maintain the harmony between yourselves and stay together for so long? We, we've always been so family oriented, you know, and no matter what, like my brother B, he's always proud to say that, um, he was never down for the whole split up and, you know, splitting of six ways, but he got, he got, um, outvoted anyway. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> but the thing about it is we just maintain And I made a joke to B one time when we did an interview, I said, all right, B, well, one of our biggest records that we've ever wrote and produced was for the Backstreet Boys, which was a worldwide smash called All I Have to Give. We yes, did a bunch of songs with them already, but that one song right there, a worldwide smash, and I said, well, B, suppose Jerry just had that, and we, we didn't split up with six people. Then all that money go to Jerry. What do you think? And then he said, well, I was, and, you know, he had to rethink. But my thing is that we get the rewards of keeping it together, balanced out, and um, it's all for one and one for all. We didn't even sign a contract for that. It was just one of those things that, we split everything six ways wow. when it comes to full force music. And um, it's maintained through damn, 35 years, actually. Wow, 35 years. And and that, again, you know, <laughs> we went through the period of the going solo. Remember, Bobby Brown went solo and it just threw it off for everybody. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> And you guys survived. Um, I was listening to, so I'm going through your catalog. I was listening to Old Flames Never Die. Right. And and you hear Sly and the Family Stone. If if a if a person puts on full force, you're gonna hear James Brown, you're gonna hear Smokey, you're gonna hear Delphonics, all the all the old school man bands. Uh Marvin, what other genres and artists have influenced your production and your songwriting? Oh 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 but yeah, I mean so many people. I mean, um like Paul well, all of us love James Brown. So all of us has always been loving James Brown. When we got the call to produce an entire James Brown album, when we did back in 1988, I mean, we were so excited. It was just ridiculous. But James Brown, I would say Earth, Wind & Fire. Um, I know Paul loved Gladys Knight and the Pips. Of course, Prince as well. And you mentioned Sly and the Family Stone because, you know, we go back. My, my favorite group of all time was... Uh, and still is the legacy of the temptations. Yes. And um, I use their, I use their credo with um, when we worked with the Backstreet Boys and we did all I have to give the record company told us to make sure the younger guy in the group named Nick Carter, 
make sure he sings all the leads because all the women love him, all the girls love him. And but when when we got to work with them, I said, I don't care what the record company say, I'm going to have them singing parts. And everybody took a lead part. And one of the members, his name is um, Howie D. Mm-hmm. He never sang lead on anything before. And I said, I pulled him to the side. And I'm like. I asked the other members, how come Howie D doesn't sing any leads? Oh, well, he's just in the background. You know, he does just background vocals. I'm like, when I talked to Howie D, he said, I don't know. I don't know why I never. So I said, let me hear you sing. And he sang for me. I said, yo, I'm going to make you do a, a lead part in this, in this song. All I have to give, which was his first lead ever. And he's forever indebted to me to this day. He's such a great guy. And that was my temptations, uh, thing coming out because the temptations back in the day you know they always switched leads on a lot of their songs i mean my my brothers used to make fun of me paul he used to make fun of me he's like oh so you like the temptations huh uh, all 25 of them and the thing about <laughs> it is that i, I always love them so we we just versatile with our music you know yeah. and we looked up to so many people yeah it's so funny that you say that because again i can think back and i thought that to myself i you know i'm that that Backstreet Boy, first of all, the first album was fire, and every album thereafter mm-hmm. had a banger on it. So that particular song, I do remember that, you know, thinking like, oh, they finally gave Homeboy, you know, the lead. And it goes back to what you were saying about sharing and how your mentality is the group is all members. It's not just a couple members here and there that get to shine, but every single person in the group. What... What what about an artist are you tasked to do as a producer? What is it that you have to bring out of that person? Because apparently they already have talent, right? I mean, but what is it that the producer is doing for that talent to take it to the next level? Well, it it all depends on the it all depends on the artist. You know, that's what it does. I mean, when we when we nurture our own acts, like so the full force family, as we used to call ourselves, our own homegrown acts were UTFO of Roxanne, Roxanne fame. Mm-hmm. Of course, Lisa, Lisa and Cult Jam, uh, the real Roxanne with Hitman Howie T, uh, my girl Cheryl Pepsi Riley, mm-hmm. and the girl group by the name of Ex Girlfriend, which we had a top ten record with them. Um, Why can't you come home? They were so so dope. when we get together with them, we we nurture them and we do a whole bunch of artist development with them and we hone their voices and, 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 um, we just put everybody together. Now I would give a lot of credit also to my brother, Paul Anthony, and even to a smaller degree, baby Jerry, when it comes to like arranging the, the, the vocals, like the lead vocals and really getting out of an artist, you know, um, like when we, when we worked with Patty LaBelle and Patty LaBelle hit an off key note, you know, my brother Paul was not scared to tell Patty, oh, you you just hit an off note, Patty, just a little to the key, just off key. And she's like, all right, what? No, I didn't hit no off key note. And then she said, well, let, let's hear it back. We played it back. Patty hit an off key note. She goes, Mom, I'm scared of you. <laughs> so the thing about it is yeah. that we bring out a lot. I mean, and a lot of artists that work with us, you know, a lot of vocalists, they'll always say, yeah, man, they really bring out the best. You know, like if you hear Britney Spears, um, with Britney, when we worked with her in the very beginning, um, Love the Hurt Away. If you guys go on YouTube and get that song, Britney Spears in full force, it's called Love the Hurt Away. It's a duet that we do with her. You will hear the best vocals Britney Spears has ever done in her life. 
in her life. And when you see the comments that's written about that, like they go, I never heard Britney sound mm-hmm. like this before. And you know, we did that song in the vibe of All Cried Out, but uh, that's that's an, another thing for Paul with the whole vocal bringing out the best. Even Jasmine Guy, a lot of people don't know, but Jasmine Guy had a, a top 20 record called Try Me, which uh, we wrote and produced for her. And I never even know she could sing. I know she was into theater and everything like that, but even in that song, we brought out a lot of stuff that you would never have heard, you know, her before. People just look at her as an actress, but you know, we bring stuff out and we um, put it in there, you know. Yeah. 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 I I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there, and you know, I kind of mentioned it to you before we went live, but you know, all all uh, you know, homage goes to Teddy Riley, no doubt. If Teddy Riley is um, if he is one of the pioneers of uh, New Jack, the New Jack swing era, I irrefutable, irrefutable fact that full force are the godfathers of the New Jack swing era. I, I don't I don't know that I've heard that before. I've, I'm on several New Jack swing uh, sites on Facebook. Um, I haven't heard it, but I believe that you all are looking back. When would you say, or, or what what songs of your catalog would you say were starting to open the door to that new era of music? Well, I mean, well, we love Teddy Riley. You know what I mean. So yes. we um, we just look at him as a great brother, and I know coming out, he looked up to us as well, and um, and I would say our first record that we did on ourselves, which was called Alice, I Want You Just For Me. Yeah. Some people, and I would, I would say Havelock Nelson, who used to write for Billboard magazine, Mr. Havelock Nelson, he said, hey man, that's, that's the first New Jack Swing record right there. Yep. Alice, I Want You Just For Me, because there's nothing like that sounding at the time. And because we mixed, we mixed jazz loops, we mixed uh, sampling in there, we mixed turntable scratching, we sang on it with harmonies and, um, and we had the crazy drum beat, which was a, a courtesy of hitman Howie T. And they looked at that as a, one of the first they called New Jack Swing Records. And then from there we did Unselfish Lover, mm-hmm. which we had one of the uh, big hip-hop loops at the time by Billy Squire called Big Beat. We put that in that song, and it was like a, a hip-hop ballad, so to speak, of um, Unselfish Lover. And we, we threw that in there as well. So... You know, people will say that and, um, you know, we'll just be humble about it and everything like that. We're not going to take that crown, but, you know, we'll appreciate any positive things thrown our way. For sure. Know? For sure. And and I and I definitely want to say that that is, you know, from from my music acumen and, and, and from, um, you know, just listening growing up. I'm a I'm a 70s baby, 80s kid. So I was able to hear the distinction and. I feel like it's something that that we're doing in retrospect, but I can look back again. You know, Teddy Riley, yes, was definitely one of the pioneers, but I just think that Full Force isn't given enough of that credit because if you go look up on the Internet, now these little groups will pay homage, uh, but I just think as a whole, we need to go back and revisit history and see. For me, Unfaithful... Put it in there. I mean, you can go to any 
song thereafter, whether it be Johnny Gill, you know, anything Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis put out that was fast paced, you can always trace it back to a full force jam. Just just for my money. Um, we got to talk. <laughs> we we got to talk because everybody knows. Everybody knows uh, Lisa Lisa. Everybody knows Lisa Lisa cult jam songs. Um, again, as I was doing my research, I go back, I listen. She's considered one of the first uh, Latin hip hop, Latin hip hop artists, so to speak, in the in the U.S. Um, how did your work with her come about? How did you guys meet up with her? Well, Lisa was the first um, Hispanic to combine, you know, music, which of course was Full Force's music, was she was the first to combine the uh, dance, hip-hop, pop, and R&B all woven into one. And that's when we did I Wonder If I Take You Home. That started it off. And what happened is that my brother B-Fine already had the song written, I Wonder If I Take You Home. And, you know, Kurt T.T. helped, you know, he was writing Gunshot with them, but my brother B wrote the lyrics to that song. And, um... We just wanted somebody to sing it. But B, he just wanted a Spanish girl to do it, no matter what, no matter what. So we already had the song written. B did the, the reference vocals, which was horrible res- reference vocals that he did. But, but any, you know, anybody can uh, get the, the niche of it. So we went out to look for a Spanish girl. In the meantime, I, I tried to get my friend... Show Pepsi Riley to go in the studio and do it so I could show the guys like, let's use Cheryl Pepsi Riley because she was a friend of mine. And then they, this was before she had a record. But when I let her hear the song, we, me and her got two stories. When I let her hear the song, I could have swore she didn't really like the song. And that's what she told me. But yet in other, other uh, interviews, she said that, no, she was very loyal and she was in a group at the time. And that's why she didn't do it. But regardless of anything, my brother B wasn't going to hear it anyway, but he always wanted a Spanish girl. So what happened is that Mike Hughes of the of Cult Jam, he's the one that brought Lisa to us in our Brooklyn basement. And he said, yo, guys, you guys got to hear her. She's great. She's got the look. And he brought her in. And Lisa had to be 17 at the time, I think. And she walked in, and she was afraid, of course, because of six of us, six black mm-hmm, guys, mm-hmm. and she's the one cute little <laughs> Puerto Rican, and is right in Brooklyn, and she's in the basement. And then she started to sing these songs, um, you know, with no music, but they were songs that Mike Hughes wrote, Mike Hughes of Coach Jam wrote. And, and Lisa sounded horrible singing it. It sounded so horrible, like almost like, damn, she can't sing. But it was really his songs that was jacked up. And, and, and it must have been three different songs that she was doing. And, and then before she left, because she had the look, so she walked in, she would be dope if she could only sing Dang. even a little bit. And what happened is that my brother Paul said, um, Lisa, do you have a, a song that we might be familiar with that you could sing before you go? And then Lisa sang uh, this song called For Your Eyes Only, which was um, recorded by Sheena Easton, a pop joint. And um, she sang that flawlessly and perfect. And we said, thank you, Jesus. And Lisa Lisa was born. After Lisa was born, then Mike Hughes came to us and say, guys, you think maybe me and Al, you know, Spanador, Mm -hmm. can join the group and it could be, you know, we could be Coach Jam? And that's how Lisa Lisa and Coach Jam. We rewarded Mike by putting him down with Coach Jam. And um, 
they became coach jam even though full force was was doing the the, the bulk of the music and the writing still you know yeah yeah and the rest was history and the rest when is I, history. When, I, when i when i wonder if i take you home came out that took us all by surprise of how 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 big it became we knew it was a good record but we didn't know it was going to take everything by storm and we heard it after we came back from england working with samantha fox um in england when we came back to the states and we was in a in a, in a um, new york club we heard i wonder if i take you home blasting because it went overseas first it became popular there and then the djs brought it to the u.s and it was so huge that we was rushed to do an album for Lisa Lisa and Cold Jam because it was just that one song, and um, it was, it was, went like wildfire, crazy. And, and I'm and I'm gonna say it again. This is where you guys were always genre bending. I, I grew up in in Oakland, California, and for us on the West Coast, like the East Coast, freestyle was was just coming in right early 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 80s with with craft work and and Kano and and all those jams being played on the radio so when she came in first of all it was a female second of all the beat was dope and it just it was a movement it was a movement from that point on and this is what I'm trying to express to our listeners that you have a group of six black men that are you know, they, they, they've helped develop from within the hip-hop uh, community, the hip-hop genre. And next thing you know, you're crossing over into and creating Latin hip-hop. It, 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 then, you know, kind of molding it into to dance and, and electronic music. So this is, these are the roots, you guys. We're hearing it right here. These are the roots of these movements. And it was six black men that did it. Just gonna throw that out there, but pretty amazing, you know. When when you really think back and look on it, um, trying to think of what direction I want to take it. Uh, so actually, Samantha Fox, because uh, she's she's an interesting one too. How did you help her develop, and how did you guys even get in with with Samantha Fox? How were you even introduced to her? Well, Samantha Fox was on the uh, Jive Records. The, the label and and at the time we started working with Samantha we were working with Lisa already in the in, you know the beginning stuff we was putting together her album after I wonder if I take you home immediately and after working with UTFO with the Roxanne Roxanne which was a hit and then right back of Roxanne was Lisa I wonder if I take you home and at the same time Jive Records which was following us right from the beginning we signed a publishing deal a songwriting publishing deal with um their affiliate Zamba Music, mm-hmm. and um, they had an artist already on there called Samantha Fox, and they already heard the music we was doing with Lisa, so they wanted to know if we could do the same magic with Samantha Fox, who's from London, England, Britain, sexy girl, and that's what we did. We uh, they flew us to England, and we got with Samantha. We did a photo shoot, and then we came up with the songs um, like "Naughty Girls Need Love" too was the first. Uh, big, big, full-force Samantha Fox record, which, like, sold, like, multi-million copies just of that song alone, and then the album was 
Platinum Plus as well. And we flew out to England and we worked with Samantha, who's just a doll to work with. And we kind of crafted that sexy. She was already sexy, but when she came out with Naughty Girls Need Love Too, oh man, it was, was a wrap. It was huge. It was a wrap. Big record <laughs> all over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we did um, another one we did on her was um, I Want to Have Some Fun, which was like. Uh, a house, a vocal house record, which be, was number three on the charts, on the Billboard charts. It was definitely one of the first house records yes. to go on the the Billboard Hot 100, you know. And um, it was like the Jungle Brothers. Also, it, it reminded <laughs> yeah, me of exactly. a house shoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you you guys have you know you have these notable women that you've worked with. What is it? How how did six men? How did you guys bring out that that femininity and that and that power in those women? Because you could see it, you feel it. Whoa. Well, what happens is that we tap into our female psyche, meaning that we have so many female friends. Yeah. We have so many female friends. Um, we had wives at the time, and girlfriends, yeah. and yeah. mothers, and. Uh, sisters and and you know who don't know a friend a dear friend that be going through it a lot of times you know um so you gotta you gotta stay up and stay sharp i remember when uh we did thanks for my child for cheryl pepsi rally people were shocked to know that men did that i mean i wrote it but i wrote it on on behalf of me seeing cheryl who used to be a nurse uh taking care of handy kept children i'm just checking her out the way she cared for him and then my wife at the time when i was married she had a um she she had a miscarriage and i remember going to the hospital and uh and i'm seeing her wiped out right there in the hospital bed looked like she'd been through world war three and um you see other mothers and stuff like that coming out with their children and then you have female friends that's going through it where their father's leave the whole situation and they're not responsible for their kids. And I came up with thanks for my child, you know, and Cheryl did it. A lot of people thought Cheryl wrote it, you know, but, yeah, um, yeah. we tap into us. Same thing with B. We with, I wonder if I take you home. Same thing. All cried out. We tap into that. So it's not just a, a man's world with just thinking of just men's songs, like we did with James Brown and some of the other male people we work with, but the females as well. So you got to be able to relate to the females and know their side of the stories as well to yeah. write those songs for them. You yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. You guys are so versatile. I mean, look, unfaithful. That's, that's about this for the young kids. Y- y'all don't know what a skeezer is, but that's <laughs> unfaithful. <laughs> unfaithful. I taught us all what a, what a skeezer, skeezing woman was, but you guys did. You covered all aspects of, of love and of, um, of just the human condition. And, and again, much appreciated. Speaking of the human condition, Thank you. yes, I want to make sure that we highlight, uh, you know, as, as we start to wrap this up, we have to highlight your philanthropy. Uh, you and your brothers uh, have gone through some, some health struggles, and you are now not only giving back through your music, but you're giving back uh, through, through your charity, through your foundations. So we definitely... Uh, want to let the people know the work that you're doing in that area because if, if especially if people want to contribute, find out the work that you're doing there. Um, let's start with Hope with the Vision. Let's start with that foundation. 
The Hope of a Vision is a foundation that I founded uh, bringing awareness to the visually impaired. Um, and that's basically, I, I came down with a disease which I have called, called I'll, I'll call it a condition. It's called retinitis pigmentosa. It's a disease or condition that leads to blindness. There's no cure right now. Right now I don't have any peripheral vision, sideways, upways. So I just stay proactive with um, a lot of medication. I go and do a lot of treatments, and I just keep hope alive. You know, eat the right foods, and um, we're just bringing awareness to that and doing a lot of programs, helping other people that um, – don't have the vision or have blurred vision or whatever. Um, we're just doing our doing the damnedest to be positive with that, and that's hopewithavision.org, v-i-z-i-o-n.org. And then my beloved brother Paul Anthony, um, his is the Paul Anthony P.A. Live Life Give Life Foundation, and um, his is .org as well. And uh, my brother Paul uh, had H.A.D. Thank God, a mantle cell lymphoma, which had turned into leukemia. And he was fighting for his life, but he always fought with a strong, positive attitude. Even though one of the doctors said, you're going to only have two months to live, he's like, well, hell, I could write, a, I could write a lot of songs in two months. That's what he told the doctor. But he never gave in to that, and, of course, he lived more than two months. And um, when the cancer, with, during the first treatment was gone, the cancer came back, and then um, we had a bone marrow stem cell transplant. I was his 10 for 10 match. And um, when he was really fighting for his life, the doctors said that um, he needed 6 million stem cells. And if I wasn't able to give him that, they would take a catheter to my chest to draw it out, and we could try to give him the 6 million. But lo and behold, I was able to give my brother 9 million stem cells, and I was a conduit from God to help save his life. So, you know, we stay proactive. And every, anybody that knows Full Force, they know when we came out of the gate, as full force, if you saw our first out, our first uh, uh, our first single cover of Alex, I want you just for me. We're standing there, showing our bodies and our physiques, and bringing uh, physical fitness to. Nobody was doing that at that time. Mm -hmm. We were the first group to do that. Of course, we had the damn Jerry curls, which made it even <laughs> come out more. But my brother, <laughs> but my brother Paul Anthony, my brother Paul Anthony spearheaded the whole physical fitness that that led on to all of us. And, um, you know, we're still doing that as of now. We're still looking good and still looking positive. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great thing, a great thing. Yes, yes. I, 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 side note, because, look, I need to know the moment that Paul Anthony would. Please take us back to the moment that Paul Anthony picked up a lace scarf and tied it around his head. And, and that was the moment. <laughs> How did that come about? I know I heard him saying that it, it was influenced by like Axl Rose, all the different uh, rock star right, the kind rock of band. But, but uh -huh. take us back to that moment. Like it had to be a moment. The, the, the brother said, I'm going to put this lace scarf on my head, and that's all she wrote. <laughs> yo, yo, if you see our early pictures, man, everybody was dressed crazy. You know, well, crazy good in a good way. And the thing yeah. about it was, we Paul would we would have Paul would have eyeliner sometimes and and we and during our concert shows Paul's a lace headband and he wear them in different colors and in fact after he started doing it he made sure Lisa came out of the box with the same yes. damn lace headband yes. you see Lisa's first video <laughs> and first couple of shows she had the same thing and um, that stuck in the beginning man that used to be like a neon light 
and um, we just we just gravitated towards the not so normal, you know, with our dress wear, you know, yeah. and and I'll never forget this when when Fat Man Scoop. If you guys don't know who Fat Man Scoop is, you guys just gotta Google him. For all the listeners, he's a very influential DJ and DJ personality performer, um, but. Batman Scoop, he said to us one time, he said, man, let me tell you something. Back in the day, you guys had the jerry curl and the damn lace and all that stuff, but not even the hardest black man would ever step to y'all to mess with y'all. Not even. Because we didn't play. We were still our masculine <laughs> selves, and we would, you know, kick some freaking ass no matter what, you know? You guys, you know, you guys <laughs> took the place. I, I, I always think back to how we would, you know, remember we would watch the, the 80s films, Porky's and, and uh, what's the other one, Revenge of the Nerds and things like that. And there was always, mm -hmm. you always had the nemesis, the the bullies of the school. And so for for you all in House Party to be these, these you know, rough and tough, I kick your freak. Yes, guys, it, it was, it, 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 you know, it brought it home for us to see ourselves on the screen, uh, in all different role, in all different roles from all different perspectives. Um, yeah. and I'm, I, I'm going to let people, everybody knows they, they were in house party. I think everybody remembers them in house party. And that, I wanted to focus much more on the music today, but you guys were iconic. It's just plain and simple. Your icons. We know about that lace <sighs> headband. You. Yeah, we know about them, them, them strong men that have come kick your ass, sing the girl, take your girl. <laughs> <laughs> you can take your girl. It's so funny. I remember Funk Master Flex, popular DJ. He's like, you know, when he was younger, he always was scared that Full Force would take one of his girls. And I'm like, what? We would never do that. But, uh, but it's all good, though. And, you know, with the music, we're very excited also. We talked about House Party, but before House Party, my brothers, Paul and Be Fine, they were also, they played two enforcers in, in the movie Crush Groove. Yes. And Crush Groove was a, the, the first movie by Blair Underwood, who's still a dear friend to this day, when he played Russell Simmons in that movie, and my two brothers were menacing thugs, beating him up. And then flashback after that to House Party, where the three of us actually... You know, we created our own lines in that movie because the way the script was written, um, I just felt that we could change it and be more bullies and with personalities. And we did that. And the Hudlin brothers, Reggie Hudlin and Warrington Hudlin, who directed and produced the movie, as soon as they saw what we did and made up, you know, kick your freaking ass and I smell, I smell. And you know what it is. Yep. The rest is yep, yep. We made up all of that stuff on our own. And, um, who knew House Party was going to be a, a a classic as we celebrate 30 years of House Party yes. in 2020, yeah. you know? But thank yeah. God. And we did Ain't My Type of Hype was the, the big song in that movie as well. So. Yes. Yes, indeed. And I, I rocked for about the first hour before you called in. I, I rocked a good chunk of your uh, of your catalog and we're going to do the same uh, for the next hour for those who want to tune in and uh, just just reminisce and relive uh, the energy and and the the dynamo that is full force um, what are you guys up to now tell tell the tell the listeners what you guys are doing now in the music well besides our philanthropy we're still we're still performing we're still doing shows we're still in the studio doing some stuff we have a couple of new joints out now, but um, a song called The Baddest Chick, 
with full force featuring the force MDs and there's an up-tempo joint. And we always got confused with the force MDs a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And um, they're, our, they're our brothers. And we have this other song called Contact um, done by a young lady by the name of Norell. Then this other song called, um, oh, we want to say we have a new joint that's going to be coming out soon. It's called The Love of a Hero, Kobe, which is a song dedicated to Kobe Bryant and um, featuring Brian Innerfeld. So that's going to be coming out soon. And then we got this other dope song with Allure called Just Because, A Good Woman, A Good Man. And that's out. So, um, you know, we're just pretty excited that we're still doing the damn thing and staying positive and optimistic and all that good stuff, you know. Yes, yes. I I often ask uh, my interviewees, I ask this question, Lou, and, and if you can answer it, you can answer it. Some, some defer the question, but my question to you is what, what would be the legacy of full force on, on, on the global reality? What, or is it still being written? I would say still being written because um, we're still doing our thing. So I would say still being written, but it's also a, a, a scenario of togetherness and family bond that started from uh, back in the, the early 80s, 84, 83, till now as Full Force the group. You know, the three of us, the three Full Force brothers, we're more a little active. Our cousins, they're in Florida doing their thing, but we're still mu- making music together. So I would say with us, it's all about family unity and family bond and all for one and one for all, no matter what, you know? So that's how we stay focused and stay positive and stay honest. And I'm going to also give a shout out to uh, Nicki Minaj, somebody else that we helped from the beginning. Yes. Um, when my, my son, Lou Star, was forming a rap group and um, I was uh, a, a brother by the name of Neil Grant, informed me of this young lady rapping in Brooklyn and I went down there and I heard Nikki and I'm like, man, she is fantastic. And, um, brought her to my son and my son formed the group with Nikki, uh, himself, Lou star, um, seven up and the brother Safari, which was my son's best friend at the time. And that's how Safari and Nikki had got together from back then. And, and then we worked with Nikki by herself. And um, even though we didn't get her that deal, we, we parted ways amicably, but we seasoned her already. So she was ready to be uh, taken by, uh, by, um, by Little Wayne and, and, and um, Young Money. And before that, this brother named Big Fendi, who changed her name to, to Minaj. And then this other young lady named Debbie Antonys. But we groomed Nikki right from the jump. Um, one of her songs, if you go on YouTube, is called uh, Autobiography, which is a a song that was a, the big song on her mixtape that we produced. And um, I'll never forget when we parted ways out of I said, Nikki, you should start doing your stuff on MySpace. And that's how it happened. She started doing her music on MySpace, and the rest was history, and that's how she got discovered. And one last thing I want to say, Latanya, two things. You, you talked about the song Unfaithful, and I got to always give a big up to the Bay Area because it broke in the Bay Area. Yes. It's like crazy because the West Coast, Love that song to pieces. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't even break in New York City, but it broke in the Bay Area, that song Unfaithful, and used to get played on KMEL back in the days, like all the time. And um, we give props to the Bay Area for for breaking that record. And lastly, if you guys check out on our albums called uh, 
full force is out now. It's called From Love From Our Friends, which is an album dedicated to my beloved brother, Paul Anthony, and his, and, and his cancer journey. At the time, we had over 30 artists come and uh, perform on that album and, and participate in it. But we have a remake of one of our records that we produced, the song that you played on your show just now called All I Have to Give. Yes. We redid it, but we did it with uh, R.L. of Next, uh, Steve Russell of Troop, um, Little G of Silk, and Slim of 112. And we're, we're performing on it too, but they kill it. And I'm pretty sure you can find that bad boy on YouTube as well. But they killed that song. And I yeah. let the Backstreet Boys hear it, and I'm like, thank God they didn't come out with that before us. <laughs> you know, because it's crazy. It's, yep. it, it's you know, I, I really, I, I think back to... Again, a lot of a lot of folks. I'm sure we all think of the different eras of music. Uh, you know, be it Motown and um, and and you know, fast forward to a time where we have uh, what was it, Gamble and Huff with, with Motown. You had you mm -hmm. had that crew, and then you fast forward, and very quickly it's going to come to people's minds. You know, uh, Teddy Riley. Le, uh, L.A. Reid mm -hmm. and, and Babyface and uh, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis is super producers. My hope, my hope is that today you do not forget the super producers full force uh, and musicians <laughs> and musicians, notable musicians that have put out uh, a frequency in the world. Because if you guys go back and you think of New Jack, I would say that was probably the the heyday, the heyday especially for the black community. We felt good. We dressed good. We looked good. And, and it was, it was a feel good time. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Lou. Thank you to your brothers, to the cousins, uh, for, for all that you continue to give to the world, uh, in the form of your craft and music. And, um, you guys look up hope with the vision. Uh, let me see. I have posted, you guys go on Facebook Live. I have posted the links to uh, the foundations on Facebook Live. Um, so you guys Thank definitely you. look into the work that they're doing. Lou, I hope that we cross paths in the future. Again, shout out to Marie, as I know her, <laughs> my girl, uh, mm -hmm. for, for bringing this together and allowing us to bring uh, your voice on our platform. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mental Speak Radio, Latanya. So uh, we got to follow each other. I know you on social media, so show. definitely let's follow each other. For sure, hit uh, you up God on bless, it. God bless you and your God bless you and your talents also. Thank you so much. And and during a time like this, you know, w with all this craziness in the world, you guys do not forget the music. Go back, get this get this frequency in you. It was a good time. Put you, put on some Lisa Lisa, and and I'm telling you, you're gonna forget all your troubles. They'll all go away. Be kind <laughs> to each other. But, Lou, we thank you so much uh, for giving your time this afternoon. Give our love to the family. And yes, indeed. you take and care you of And you, too. You stay blessed also. And, every, and everybody out there that's reaching for a dream, that want to get in the music business. And even if you don't want to get in the music business, you might want to be an actor, a doctor, whatever your profession that you're going into, just never, ever, ever give up. You know, no matter how many doors is closed in your face, Never give up because we didn't give up. You know, we just kept on keeping on and um, just stay strong and may all the positive 
and optimistic things in life forever be yours. Yes. Listen to this. Check this out, Lou. This 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 what we going to give them. We going to give them this right quick. A little bit of that 12-inch HQ sound unfaithful. What you think? <laughs> y'all That's are, right. Yes, sir. Y'all are tuned in the Fishbowl Radio Network, Globe Life Park, Arlington, Texas. You've been talking to Bow-Legged Lou of Full Force. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you on the other side.